This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to talk to you about constructed languages. From Elvish to Esperanto, from Dothraki to Beltar, welcome to part eight of my Worldcon Conzealan panel write-ups. The panelists for the titular panel were David Peterson as moderator, Lawrence M. Schoen, Ren Yi, and Jean Berlec. The panel description was as follows. This is not a 1950s movie. The aliens don't speak English. Fictional societies, whether on a distant planet in the far future or in a secondary fantasy worlds, will have their own languages unlike our own. These constructed languages or conlangs can be fun and devilishly difficult to construct. Language experts and writers, wait, aren't writers language experts? We'll talk about making a conlang and how they figure into stories from first contact to diplomacy to bargaining for your life. So how far should you go? When reading a book or a series like Lord of the Rings or Embassy Town or watching a TV show like Star Trek or Babylon 5 or a movie like Arrival, even the casual fan can pick up a word or two in a constructed language or conlang. But from the outside looking in, it can be hard to determine. Do the writers invent a word or a full language? And if I'm writing a story, how much of my language do I need to invent before I get started? Well, all languages are comprised of a multitude of layers. So let's talk about the layers of a language. Layer one, the vocab, the most readily apparent. The conlang consists of words with meanings. But let's think about the ways the vocabulary we use reflects on us. Firstly, word choice can demonstrate a particular culture. References to particular gods or rituals, expected life events, and that sort of thing. Secondly, word choice can also demonstrate class. How are y'all doing versus how do you do today? And words also have connotations that may not be familiar to non-native speakers. Let's think about the difference between my big sister and my large sister. And the next big layer is grammar. Most humans are designed to recognize patterns, if only to make sure they can tell when something seems off. So what is grammar if not patterns of word use? What? So first, what order do you put your parts of speech, your nouns, your verbs, your adjectives, what have you? Secondly, do the verbs, nouns, etc. change form based on other factors in the sentence, i.e. verb conjugation based on tense or subject? And thirdly, punctuation. I love me some Oxford comma. So now let's talk about do I need the whole language before I can write? Short answer, no. 
Long answer, it's up to you. You can pull a Tolkien if you want, but you can always write your story and then layer the language in. So here are your options for how much conlang you need. Step, remember, treat language as world building. Option one, opt out, use universal translators. But think about how idioms and how poorly they translate between earth cultures, raining cats and dogs. And think about things that can translate content, but not necessarily intent. Option two, just make up a couple words and throw them in. You can spell it either the way that makes it more pronounceable by the majority of your intended audience, or you can stylize it to give it a sense of culture, but maybe make it harder to pronounce. Option three, maybe include a few sentences in that language, giving an idea of spelling of things, a form of their grammar, and what letters and vowels are more common in that language. Do try to be consistent for certain sounds, unlike English. For example, pick either CK or K for the K and the S or C for the S sound, unless there's a cultural explanation. Option four, give the created culture verbal tics like um, etc. Plus their own accents, both within your language and their own. Option five, remember those idioms? Think about what sort of hyperbolic phrases that your created culture might use. Option six for conlangs, have a Creole language. Now, is a Creole language using part alien, part your language easier? No. All languages have their own grammar and patterns and cultural baggage. Even dialects of your own language are internally consistent. Option seven, some languages have better vocabulary for different concepts. Show the characters switching languages based on conversation subject matter. This also means you get to imply words that are too complex to be said in one, well, for example, English word. Option eight, the next step. Think about the history of your, the culture you're writing, invaders and conquests, and what sort of languages got filtered in. In English, we have beef that comes from cows. These two words don't sound anything alike, but Cow is from the Germanic, while the conquering Normans, i.e. the French lords, used the term boeuf, coming from a Latin-derived thing. And that ended up giving the peasants one word and the people rich enough to eat the meat another. And option nine, more? What font, alphabet, pictograms, logographs, syllabularies, etc. would your society use? And can it even be translated into the language you're writing in or not? And option 10, okay, by now you need a glossary and maybe start thinking about a dictionary and a grammar book. <laughs> so let me tell you a story. So in Conlang Circles, the Darmok season five, episode two of Star Trek, The Next Gen is infamous. In this episode, while the translator's work as usual, cultural, 
culturally, they use references to famous, on their world, stories for many concepts. For example, the expressions Dharmak on the ocean, Dharmak and Jalad at Tanagra, and Dharmak and Jalad on the ocean convey a sense of two opposing persons who arrive separately at an isolated place and, forced to cooperate when faced with a fierce beast, leave together as friends. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that quote and definition. So now let's talk about things to be wary of. One, science fiction and fantasy have overused the apostrophe in created names and more. Make sure you need one before using one. Secondly, is borrowing from a dying language a good idea? I mean, science is known for using Latin for its naming conventions and only the Vatican uses that. No. Remember those connotations and contexts we mentioned? If you're not a native speaker, it's easy to get those wrong. And using one language to represent an imaginary language is kind of the definition of cultural appropriation, and it might get more associated with yours than the real culture and whatever. Third, what about using words from a real language? Well, is it because you have characters from that culture? Sure, just make sure a native speaker reads it and it both says what you meant for it to say and that the connotation is what you intended. Remember that big sister versus large sister? Just make sure that the words in the other language are there for a reason and not just window dressing. So that's it. Are you ready to start creating a language? Have you created one in the past? And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.